Bandit Brands presents the Bandit Hour with Chad Belding and Josh Dawkins, Director of Marketing for Bandit Brands, Christian Curtis, VP of Product Development for Bandit Brands. Bandit Brands is first in its class for outdoor performance and innovation. We're doing everything first. We're going to do the next thing first. It's unbelievable. I want to keep telling the story. That's why we have the Bandit Hour. Bandit Brands products are designed by and for hardcore waterfowlers. Real duck hunters doing real duck hunter things. That's such good knowledge. This whole podcast was worth it just for that sentence. Bandit is in it for the go and crushes the show. I told you the other day, hey, you said, what did you say? We're going to hunt together. Anytime when there's not cameras. I hate that. I absolutely despise it. Put a warm Bandit Hour welcome together for your hosts, Chad Belding, Josh Dockin, and Christian Curtis. Now, here are the boys. Are there ducks moving into that part of the country yet, or is it still too early? I haven't seen any ducks, but a bunch of specks. There's not a lot of ducks in Louisiana. I've heard that a ton of specks have moved into California as well. And I just got back from Alberta and Saskatchewan. I could not believe the number of speckle belly geese in Alberta and the number of ducks in both provinces. I think it's going to be a heck of a season. Doc, and you're in Arkansas. Have you heard anything there about, do you guys have water there? There's a little bit of water. Could use more water. I saw a flock of speckled belly geese fly over my house the other day. So they're moving into Arkansas. They might have flew right over you. Last week it started, but I think it's about to get real up down here. Is there enough water um, in Arkansas? I don't know. I hadn't crossed all the bridges. The guys I know have been pumping water for a while, which is a little bit controversial, but they're going to have water opening day. I think we're going to get some rain here later this week and some colder weather, so it'll be interesting. Christian, when you think about the the term ambassador or quote-unquote influencer, what makes Rusty Creasy so valuable to an organization in regards to his lifestyle, the way he lives it, and I guess for lack of better terms, why it's so real? I mean, just because that's just him. I, don't, I, I really don't know how to explain it. I mean, that's just Rusty. Rusty is a real dude. He's a caretaker and a guide, and he hunts in an unbelievable place. He sees some unbelievable things day in and day out of a duck season. But, he, man, he's just a good guy, you know, just genuine, nice, nice guy that knows what he's talking about. That's a great question. I really don't know how to explain it. He's just one of those guys, man. He's, he, he's just real. Doc, and in this industry, in this time in marketing, and going off of what CC just said, you have a lot of opportunity out there with potential partners, influencers, ambassadors, all the things that in this new age of marketing, like I just mentioned, could help you. But then you run across somebody like Rusty that makes it a no brainer. Take me through the evolution of that doc and of how it started. And now it's like, you know, Rusty has become one of the faces of banded brands. He lives it every single day. Are you in communication with them? Do you have to communicate with them? Like give us a little bit of a synopsis of what it's like working with Rusty Creasy and how it started and where, what it's evolved into and kind of like where it's going, because it seems like Rusty is out there more and more um, and truly live in that banded lifestyle. I think it all originates even internally within our organization of uh, a place of authenticity and it's cliche, but you know, real duck hunters making duck hunting products uh, and people that kind of live it. And so when you look at, and, and we all kind of have our hand in this a little bit, but when I look at somebody like Rusty or you know, one of the various other people that we have helping us, it is an extension of that authenticity, real duck hunters, doing real duck hunter things. And if you do that, you you stay true to our message and our mantra, but also it's not difficult to manage. And yeah, we're always in contact with Rusty, but you know, Rusty's just doing what Rusty does. So 
to your point, I mean, I think the biggest thing is that it always has to come from a place of authenticity. And, you know, we're not trying to smoke and mirror that aspect of it. Well, the other thing about it, Docking, is we'll call you the producer, like making a movie, we'll call you the producer of the influencers. Well, it's pretty freaking easy to produce a movie when the actor is real life. You know, I mean, you don't have to make anything up, which is kind of what you're saying. It's all real. If I was starting in the show, I wouldn't know what you would have to, you know, take me by the hand and I wouldn't know how to do any of it. You'd have to put me in the hole and call the ducks in for me. And I don't know about that. That's real. kind of a lie. It wouldn't, it wouldn't look real. That's kind of a lie. But there are stories out there about actors like Daniel Day-Lewis that if you read up on some of his movies, they, he does not come out of character when they break scene, like when he goes back to his trailer and they go to like catering and lunch, he never comes out of that character of Abe Lincoln or whoever he's playing. So that producer's got to know that he's always on. And that's kind of what Christian's saying is that Rusty is never comes out of character. It's not a character. This is who he is. It's real life. And it makes it easier for everybody around him to gel with it and to gel with the brand like banded greenhead gear, Avery outdoors because he's so authentic in his approach to life every day. Yeah. And not just, I mean, we're talking about Rusty, but you know, we have a bunch of guys too many to even think about naming that resemble that, you know, where it's not an act and it's a real thing and they use the product, they know about the product and they help develop the product. And it's just a, you know, clean pipeline all the way through. Christian, put yourself in the shoes of what Dawkins just described. Go back to 2002, your outfitting service is kicking butt. Um, you got your call company going, but more so you're hunting a lot. Um, there's Tyndall's Reservoir. There's the stuff you're doing in the boot hill of Southeast Missouri. What if somebody said, Christian, you got to take your cell phone out of your bag every day and get video of those decoys. You got to turn it around in selfie mode and get pictures of you calling. We got to have you telling the story because where I'm going with this, Christian, is that Rusty's a real dude and he's living this life, but now he's got to freaking remember to document it every day with a cell phone and constantly be developing what we call content. Can you imagine if you would have had to do that, Christian? Could you have done it? No, I wouldn't have done it and I don't want to do it today. And I still, I told you the other day, hey, you said, what did you say? When are we going to hunt together? I said, morning, morning. Anytime when there's not cameras, I hate that. I absolutely despise it. And I, I guess I just wouldn't have done it. And I probably wouldn't have been successful because I wouldn't have done it. But these guys that are, you know, I don't know how Rusty is. Rusty's kind of an anomaly. You know, he's a, he's the younger dudes. I get it. You know, they grew up. That's what they do. But I don't know. I, they're amazing at what they do, and I'm glad they do it. I just know I wouldn't have been able to do it. Absolutely wouldn't have been able to. Yeah, and I'm your age, Christian. I'm. It's hard for me, and I do it a lot. It, it is a drain because I look around, and I swear on my life I just had this meeting yesterday of needing more content. As the product's out there, we need more people getting it. And here's the deal. They just can't. They don't have it in their psyche or their wiring to see an opportunity and take that thing out and be like, oh, I'm going to document this because Dawkins going to be able to develop this into a reel or a post or a story something. You know what I mean? It's like a lot of people can't get used to the fact that they have to take that phone out and let people live through them vicariously. And it's where I'm going with this. And I want you guys to, you know, you called him an anomaly, but can he like doing it? I mean, as, as real as that guy is, is it a burden to him docking? Has he ever been like, dude, I can't do this much. Or is he constantly just filming? Well, I think that it's important to decipher that, you know, Rusty is killing ducks first and video him second. And though he, he will show some things from his hunt, 
you know, it's not a production. It's um, sort of a raw moments before, after, and during the hunt. So I think it's a little bit versus, you know, like someone like you who, when you go to do these things, I mean, it's a full out production. It's, it's difficult to execute. Whereas Rusty and a lot of these guys now, especially the way that social media is set up and sort of what is successful within the algorithm and all of that stuff is that these raw moments, which are essentially easy to capture, you just got to pull out your phone. You know, he just thinks like that. But make no mistake, like a guy like Rusty, you know, he's out there to hunt first and produce second. Christian, compare that before I go into uh, one of the new products I wanted to talk about, you know, regarding Rusty Creasy and some of the marketing uh, end users and potential customers have seen over the last 90 days, 120 days. Back in the day, Christian, when you were coming up and let's just use Fred Zink, for example, was he real? Because he had to plan everything first. He had a camera crew. He knew that he was going into these situations to document them and to put them on a DVD called the 24-7 series. Dawkins just made reference that these guys are hunters, outfitters, guides first. And then all of a sudden they just bring the phone out to get some footage, because, but it's not in his terms produced. Tell me the difference, Christian, is what I do because I ask myself this all the time. Is it not real if you're going into a pre-produced thing like, hey, guys, we're going to be hunting this pea field in Saskatchewan today. We know where the wind's coming. We know the sky. We know we scouted it. We, we filmed that scout. Now we're going to film this hunt. What's the difference? Because it's almost like it's we knew what we were getting into by getting that camera crew in the film and I'll end it by saying this. A lot of times we don't take real hunter shots because we're waiting for that, for lack of better terms, again, that money shot, like right there in the decoys, back flapping over the spinner, the greenhead gears. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not a real hunt when you're trying to get everything so perfect for TV. And that's what Freddie did for years. And that's what I'm trying to do now, learning from him. Is that real still to you, Christian? Oh, yeah, of course it's real. I mean, it's just. I think it's harder. I, and like I said, you you say you want the perfect. I cannot stand hunting on camera. I think it's terrible because you do have to wait for you, you can't shoot until good light. And then you have to wait on the perfect shot. And then I, it's just it's so I've been on a lot of hunts with a camera, a bunch with you. And man, it's just like now Canada, the Dakotas, that's different. But when you come down here, I can count the ones that I've been on like 10 crazy good hunts on camera, like worth showing. So if I've been on a hundred hunts on camera, that's 10%. So you know what I mean? It's way more difficult because you can uh, set everything up and like, you know what you're going to do. Well, you hope you know what you're going to do. You know what you'd like to do, but how often does it work out? Like you you go to a great place like Prairie Wings for a three-day hunt. You got it planned. Oh yeah, we're going to smoke them. Well, then all of a sudden you get there and it's cloudy and no wind for three days and you're screwed. So I think what those guys do now, like he said, hunting first. And I mean, there's no pressure. He's going every day, right? He's going every day. It doesn't matter. And he just captures the daily deal and ends up with a lot of good stuff. A guy walked up to me the other day after the hunt in Saskatchewan and literally said, I don't know how you do it. Kind of not like bragging about it, but I got a little upset with him during the hunt because you only have so many opportunities, right? And he kept shooting birds that were going off the left side after you kill them in the hole. You know where I'm going with this, Dawkins, right? You want to kill them in the hole and then that one's squirting out the left side while well, a hunter's just going to smoke him, right? 
but it's not hunting anymore because now you have one less bird that you can put perfect for the audience to see. And my mind automatically went to, whoa, 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 whoa. We can't be doing that when all that's ruining the hunt. That is ruining the authenticity of the hunt for that individual hunting with me. And I'm sitting there going, damn it, man. I'm so wired to produce TV and content that I'm taking away the authenticity of the actual duck hunt because it was still a 20 yard shot. It just wasn't in the kill hole. And the camera guys, no way we're going to be on it because they're, you know, they're set up just right in that kill hole and they're still there, you know, getting ready for me to send the dog out. You know what I mean, Dawkin? Yeah, I don't. That's what I'm saying. I hate it. I absolutely hate it because it, it, I mean, it's not that it's not hunting, but what it does is it's like it inhibits the hunt. Like you said, everything has to be perfect. You know, somebody that, and, and I, have you, you've hunted with stall before, Haney? He's really good at that. And I don't know where I felt I haven't hunted with him in 10 years or 12 years, but back then it seemed like he was really good. Like he was one of them that you could hunt with and you didn't even worry back when he was doing Foul pursuit. It was like he could, and it'd be fun to get those videos out and watch them today and see if it still seems to be good. But he was good at like you, you just hunt. It was like stall. What do we do? Just hunt. Don't worry about. It. I got it. And it turned out. So I, I don't know. Looking back at it, if it, if the footage was good or if it it lacked because of that. But I just remember he was like the one guy that I didn't mind hunting on camera with because it's like you weren't hunting on camera. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I know exactly what you mean. And he was good at it. And it, a lot of it, I think, is easier to do because of the liberal limits. Like when he was in places like upstate New York and you could kill 15 apiece or up in Canada where it's eight apiece. But he always had that confidence that we're going to get enough in the hole. The camera guys are going to get enough to where just kill those. And then if you do just hunt and kill some off a of camera, <clears throat> everything's going to be OK. And I know exact when you started talking about the Foul Pursuit DVD series. I knew exactly where you were going with it. It was just kind of that just hunt mentality. The camera guys are going to catch what they want. And then when we go to edit, we're going to make it strong enough for people to be entertained. I, I will say the only time I hunted on camera was still, I think was always in Canada. So that makes sense. Go to what you're saying. But I just remember it was like zero pressure. It was just like you were just hunting. And that's the, and again, it's been so long ago, but that's the few times I remember like, not minding it you know what i mean yeah but now you take stall and you put him in let's say maryland now where you can kill one goose a day he's not going to have that mentality of like scraping one at 30 yards that's just flying over the blind he's going to wait until he gets a bunch you know enough of them in the decoy so it's a cool mentality let's end that part of this conversation christian and dawkin lots of opportunities coming up we're going to break for a real quick commercial Thank you all very much. We are Bandit Brands, gear built to handle the extremes. Bandit Brands includes Avery Sporting Dog, Avery Outdoors, Greenhead Gear Decoys, and all of the apparel and product that falls under the B, the Bandit, the umbrella. We're proud of it. It's a celebration of the general interest of waterfowl hunting. Whether it's mud, ice, frigid temperatures, or flat-out wear and tear, Bandit Brands make superior products to enhance your outdoor experience, and their performance will surpass your hunting demands. Become a part of the Bandit Nation by visiting us online at Bandit.com. Chad Belding, Josh Dockin, and Christian Curtis will return with more of the Bandit Hour after the break. After the break. 
Man, the new Black Label Elite boots by Banded. I'm telling you, these camp shoes, these knee boots, uninsulated, insulated. I wore them on my first two trips of the 2023-24 season after wearing prototypes all last year. And they are the best boot made, most comfortable, most foot protectant, most easy to walk in, warmest, most breathable, baddest ass hunting boots, camp shoes on the market. I guarantee it. Challenge me on that. Get yourself a pair right now at Banded.com or any Banded author dealer across the country and you will feel like you're walking on the moon i was in cornfields wheat fields alfalfa fields pea fields i've worn these boots everywhere and it is amazing how comfortable they are how dry they keep your feet how protected they keep your feet and when you take them off and you put them out to dry it's unbelievable how fast they dry how fast they air out and ready for your next hunting excursion i'm telling you these boots are different they fit different they feel different they perform different it's another innovation by the family at Banded. It is absolutely a pleasure to have them as the official footwear of the Foul Life podcast. Their waders are amazing. Their accessories are amazing. Everything Banded, Avery, Greenhead Gear, Avery Sporting Dog stands for is exactly what the tradition and culture of the American Hunter has been built on. It's a band of brothers. We are so proud of it. And these new Black Label Elite knee boots and the camp shoes will absolutely blow your mind and make this a better season than it would have been without them. I promise you that. Get them right now at banded.com or an authorized banded dealer thank you all so much for the support of banded brands throughout the years and trust me we are just getting started we run trailers we run rigs we run down the highways and we depend on featherlight of reno the chipman family to make sure that every single one of our foul life trailers provider trailers are ready to go they build them out it is unbelievable to know the strength the durability the precision that goes into every single one of the trailers that they sell they do not cut corners and we work exclusively with featherlight of reno dustin chipman his wife laura thank you so much you see the foul life trucks and trailers going down the highway i want you to envision what's going on inside of that trailer with our securit gun lockers, our ammo boxes, our waiter hangers, all of our shelving, everything that keeps all of our arsenal organized. And trust me, we have a lot. UTVs being tied down, our Traegers tied down in there. Everything has its home. Everything goes back to where we found it. And that is the key to success, y'all. If you didn't know it, organization is the key to success. And Featherlight of Reno Trailers helps us be consistently successful and safe and keeps all of our gear safe and dry and protected and secured as we hit America's highway, byways, back roads, dirt roads, chasing the migration. We do it year-round. Thank you to Featherlight of Reno for being the official trailer, enclosed trailers, flatbed trailers of the Foul Life Podcast and Benelli's The Foul Life TV. It's called Benelli's The Foul Life for a reason. We love Benelli. They are the top shelf of waterfowl shotguns, all shotguns for that matter, in my opinion. But when you start talking about duck blinds, goose blinds, laydown blinds, panel blinds, pit blinds, the debris, the wear and tear, everything that we put our guns through throughout a duck season, whether it's a 60-day duck season in the south or you start up north and north of the border in Canada, Alberta, Saskatchewan, and follow the migration south. Some of us, myself included, hunt over 120 days a year. And every single time I squeeze that Benelli trigger, 
He goes, bam, I'm so proud and honored to be part of the Benelli family. And when it comes to the Super Black Eagle 3, the 12 gauge, the 20 gauge, the 28 gauge, I absolutely love this line of shotguns, the inertia, every single thing from the rib down to the sight, to the choke tube, to the constrictions, the performance is what it's all about with Benelli. The Super Black Eagle series in 12 gauge, 20 gauge, and 28 gauge, whether you get Rob Roberts to build the performance shop or you keep them straight out of the box factory, they perform their simple simply perfect. It's Benelli. It's the confidence of shouldering that shotgun and the responsibility of pointing it at a live animal and squeezing that trigger. The dispatch, humane, ethics, everything that goes into it. Benelli believes in the culture of the duck hunter, the goose hunter, the turkey hunter, the upland hunter. So whether you're doing sporting clays, whether you're chasing waterfowl, chasing upland, chasing turkeys, Benelli builds a shotgun for you. Benelli's the foul life. They're 13 seasons as our title sponsor. Can you imagine this relationship. Thank you, Benelli. Thank you all for supporting Benelli. And I know it's all of our goal to walk into that sporting good, that Benelli dealer, that store and say, let me shoulder that super black eagle. And now you can do it in so many gauges, the sub gauges included. We're fired up. Good luck this season. Stay safe out there and shoot straight. Shoot Benelli. Bandit Brands presents the Bandit Hour, where we ain't afraid to wade into the deep end. How long should a pair of waders last if I'm going to spend $600 on a pair of waders? How neat. I would say that if you take care of them, they should last three to five years. If you take care of them and you store them right in the off-season. It's cliche, but real duck hunters making duck hunting products. Truly living that Bandit lifestyle. Years of hunting experience coupled with first-to-market product innovations. Bandit raises the standard in breathable hunting waders. Visit Bandit.com for exceptional gear that's a bar above the rest. Now, back to the conclusion of Bandit Brands Presents The Bandit Hour with Chad Belding, Josh Dawkin, and Christian Curtis. Dawkin, you start it. If what Christian's saying rings true, Dawkin, that it is hard, and you've already said that a guy like Rusty hunts first, film second, Christian literally just said, I don't want cameras around. If I pull my phone out on Christian in Arkansas and say, Christian, how was the hunt? He's going to say an F word just so I can't use the footage. He's just like Joel Wicker. They're not going to allow me to use that footage. They're going to do something to sabotage it so I cannot use it, which usually means a middle finger or a verbal cuss word. So... Why do people do it, Dawkin? Why do we have this huge influx? Because you just said yourself, Josh Dawkin, Director of Marketing for Banded Brands and Avery, you just said yourself, we have a lot of great people that are doing this for us. Why do we do it, Dawkin? Why do people want to get so much content and potentially take that authenticity out of the experience? I think the probably the biggest thing is that it's it's a celebration of the general interest of waterfowl hunting. If we don't have it, then... Think about the NFL or MLB. It would be a lot easier to play those games if they didn't have to do commercial breaks and set up all the cameras and, and do all that stuff. But if they don't do it, then we as fans of the sport, then we don't have that form of entertainment. We also have a little bit of a responsibility looking at some of the, you know, duck numbers, uh, duck stamp numbers that Delta put out recently. You know, there's a decline in younger folks coming into the sport as indicated by their report. And, you know, we've got some responsibility to generate interest and bring new people into the sport. Um, and then obviously, from a brand perspective, uh, it's how we showcase our products to show people what they can do in the field in an authentic way. So I think, you know, it's the nature of the beast. It isn't for everybody, but somebody's got to do it. I do agree that it's not for everybody. And it is tedious. 
Christian, what part of Rusty's marketing campaign with Banded was the the new Black Label Elite boots. Talk to the audience, please, Christian and Josh, about your mindset in this. And, and I want you to start with what's available. And then I want you to talk about this cushioning and this foot support and how I describe it as walking on the moon. I've worn every knee boot out there. I've worn every waiter out there. It's hard to find a boot that's this comfortable. And I know that you guys know what I'm talking about, but I literally have worn them on 45 days of hunting already this year since September 1st with the New York season in Canada. And I'm telling you, it's like walking on the moon. Did you know this going into this design, Christian, which that's probably an obvious answer, but talk to me a little bit about it because I've never felt this kind of cushioning in a knee boot to where you guys know that foot pain that you get with the arch and pulling out of a waiter or pulling your foot out of a knee boot. We also want to go into our new camp shoes also, which are ingenious and so comfortable, but talk to me a little bit, Christian and Dawkin about Christian, the design and what you and Lars garden, the guys were thinking. And then Dawkin, let's talk a little bit about Creasy and how we marketed these boots and the success of them so far. Yeah. First off, Whenever it comes to marketing, you know, I believe that you can, you can market a bad product one time, but you can market a good product and it will sell itself a hundred times. So I'm a firm believer in that the foundation has to be in the product itself. So in the design, you know, there's a lot of things about it that, um, that make it, you know, even unique in the knee boot world, which is not, there's tons of knee boot options out there. However, we did take what we knew about, you know, the waiter boot market and adapted into the knee boot and add in some new technology, which I'll let Christian talk about, you know, in the design aspect of it. The marketing is just an extension of that. So you, you put it on real people like a rusty uh, going back to the authenticity piece, you know, they, they use it, they give you real feedback, then you develop it and use them to help spread the word about the new product and the advantages that it gives the hunters as they take the field. Christian, when you hear him say the advantages and what, how it was made. D- describe that a little bit because, and I don't know how much you can let out of the box as far as technology goes, but this is a different feeling, different fitting, different comfort level of a footwear system, in my opinion. What is the feedback been that you've personally heard, Christian? And is that exactly what you d- expected when you designed this boot? And then you can tell me a little bit about what the design is. Yeah. So we've obviously been trying to do a boot for a long time. And Eric, did the new boot for the Aspire waiters and designed that boot. And really that was like everybody, holy crap, this is the most comfortable boot ever and the warmest. We started with that and ended up with where we're at now. But yeah, we knew the warmth is due to a aerogel insert by Primaloft. Essentially it's a foil covered powder that's compressed and it's what they use for a heat shield on the space shuttle. We used to use for on the space shuttle. NASA trusts that science. Yeah. It's, so it's it the, is, uh, it would reflect all the heat from reentry on the space shuttle. So what it does is they flipped it over and it reflects all the heat. So no heat leaves the boot through the bottom. Like, so if a lot of people don't know this, uh, when you see a, a boot, a knee boot says 1600 grams insulation, it's all on the top of the foot, Chad. It's not on the bottom. There's nothing, nothing on your soul. Uh, on the bottom of your foot, unless it's like a three or four millimeter layer of neoprene, right? So all the heat goes out the bottom. So the footbed, the aerogel footbed stops that. That's why they're so freaking warm. None of the heat yeah. goes out the bottom. It acts as a thermal blockade to keep cold air from coming in and hot air from going out. 
and it, it should be noted too that we are the only uh, waterfowl company to have this in a boot. It's one of those things that it's unseen because it's you know embedded in the foot, but it is all the difference. Now that's the difference in the warmth, right? Christian, you're talking about that's the difference in the 300 or the all encompassing insulation. Take that into the comfort level of this now, because there is walking in this is completely different than any other boot also. Yeah. And I can't, I don't really want to talk about it. We've got a proprietary, we'll just say insert into the footbed and I'll just leave it at that. But yes, it is ultra comfortable. And because of that, what is the feedback you have personally heard Christian? Because um, I know that you're in the midst of all this. You've had to have had some, and I know I've sent you texts on it, but what is the overall feedback you've heard? And then I want you to answer the same question, Doc. I haven't, you know, I've heard more from the sample testing phase. I haven't heard a lot from you and a couple other people that have, have been north hunting this year. I mean, literally our season just opened down here. Uh, not even duck season, deer season just opened. Um, so I, there's not a lot going on here everything i'm hearing from people that went to canada and and more so it's it's exactly what we expected because of the testing we did with the samples last year so just like you said comfortable and warm doc same for you pretty much yeah i think and i I don't know how to explain this in great detail but the one thing that i've noticed is that we figured out how to encompass many feet shapes and so the you know the anatomical molded foot and the movement that it allows is just more comfortable than many of the other options that are out there. And so I'm hearing that, the comfort. I also think as tr- as true with all of our products, they're premium made, but they're but we make them and offer them at the best possible price we can. It's not a luxury item. We don't mark it way up to try to, you know, make up margins and things like that. It's as good as we can get it and it's at the best price that we can offer it. So I think comfort obviously the warmth and price. Those are the, that's the feedback that I've been hearing. Well, I'm here to attest that I just got back from, it was a mix of weather, um, uninsulated or insulated, whatever you prefer. The comfort level of these boots is untouchable. Like, and I mean that, like they are so well designed in the ankle support, everything up to the, you know, whether you wear them under your garment or garment over, you don't even know that you have boots on your feet. And I truly mean that. There's a lot said to getting the weight distribution right on a boot and the, the way that your foot fits into it. So this boot needs to be worn by anybody that's serious about hunting a lot during the season. It's going to keep up with you. And I'm telling you, you don't even know that you're walking into a boot. So Another great product that I got to no, sample. Did, did you oh, get go ahead. Snow? No. Did you get any snow? Or was it I did not. No. Not yet. And I'll just tell you the craziest thing. So, and you'll know this. You know how you know this boot is unbelievable. The coldest my feet get is when you're hunting it in a pit and your feet are on that metal floor all day. Oh, my yeah. feet freeze like that. The only time. They're just, because again, like I said, there's no insulation on the bottom and your feet are on that cold metal. You'll if you wear this boot in that same situation, cut. Because that heat's not going to be able to permeate your foot from the bottom. Exactly. I just want to make that point. I'm sorry. What about the breathability of them, Christian? What about the sweating and the breathability of this boot? Does that play into the design of it at all? It's it's yeah, it's not a breathability play. It's comfort and warmth. Is it possible to build and a pro oh I- sorry, Dawkins, go ahead. I will say that the warmth is not hot. It's your, your feet aren't hot and sweating and, and overheated it because of the aerogel insert. And it doesn't necessarily heat, it blocks. So the breathability isn't as important in it because you're just maintaining 
the warmth that your foot has from the regular boot insulation, but it's not overheating by any means. Do you think a product can overheat, Christian? And I want to go into the Fanatic hoodie, and I want you to talk about the design of this. This is not to be worn on a a mild day, in my opinion. Talk about the design of it. And have you two worn it? I just got done wearing it. We got it in the black. We have it in different solid colors. We have it in Realtree Max 7. What was the mindset behind this hoodie? The chest pockets, the zippers. It's so well designed for the everyday waterfowler. But I'm telling you, it is warm. Give the listener, Christian, an idea behind the development of this piece and and where you were going with the design when you and Eric sat down to design the Fanatic. That's a, a fabric deal. That's what makes that piece. I mean, the pockets and all that stuff. I mean, I guess, I mean, I, I don't know. I think that's just standard. I mean, you know what you need. We know what we need to duck on. We know where the pockets need to be. So it's kind of like second nature deal. But the fabric of that thing is, that's where it's at. We've had a lot of success with that. And it's warm. Does the product overheat? No. But if you wear the wrong product in the wrong scenario, you will overheat. And that's one of them. Yeah. It's uh, windproof. So it's breathable, but it's windproof. So it's warm. If somebody wanted to find the ultimate rain gear from Banded right now, Christian and Josh, some people love to hunt in the rain. Myself, I'm not one of them. But if you are in the rain, give me an idea of where you would lead them right now for waterproofing and more so uh, again for lack of better terms of uh, a rain jacket configuration that's still going to keep them warm but and keep the wind off of them but also that is going to be rainproof considered a rain jacket well i mean that's any shell right any waterproof breathable shell would be a rain jacket so our top of the line quote unquote rain jacket or shell is a or a spire line it's because it has a vent lamination event technology and it's the most breathable membrane on the planet. So that's the number one. Now, it, it's expensive, but it's expensive because of that technology that goes into the jacket that we pay for. You know, we have to buy this technology to put it into this jacket, but it is the best in the world. Then beyond that, we have a bunch of good shells, uh, the Califaction. I mean, they have liners in them, but um, it's essentially a shell. So that would be a rain jacket. And those are equally as waterproof. Just not, they are breathable, but not quite as breathable as the event. When you start talking about the Aspire line, I wore the Aspire bibs every day in Canada. Again, I'm here to attest the quality of this product, the ease of use of this product in and out of them. And again, it comes down to a fabric deal. You've in, you've uh, introduced a new bib this year, the Califaction bib with new suspenders. Uh-huh. There's a material on the exterior of this, Christian and Dawkins. I want you to explain almost... <laughs> like a, a gator skin it's not rough but it's it's different than other fabric on a lot of the bibs that we wear does this question make sense because i've i've noticed that wearing these and watching other guys in my groups wear them there's a difference in the material is this where is this placed in different parts that need a <clears throat> need a rougher exterior talk to me a little bit about the fabric distribution and differences on this new califaction bib uh those are just wear areas and we incorporated a, a heavier different style of fabric for those areas that's all it is but yes i mean it's needed you know we used to make the squall creek bib and um it's just as we grow and get older fabric technologies are changing and there's just there's always something new that can make something better i mean what we've got right now the aspire is top of line i mean there may be a better lamination a better fabric two years from now you never know 
And if there is, then we'll make changes. Doc, and what when you start talking about these products that Christian and Eric are continuously designing, we start to hear in this marketplace about quality control, manufacturer warranties, repairing of these products. Um, if you hunt hard, things are going to happen. Whether it's waders or bibs or boots or a blind bag, things happen. Let's go into this about how do we appropriate this as a company and a brand with Banded? What can the customer and end user study into this? How do they make his or her decision when it comes to picking a manufacturer's product based on how well that customer is going to be taken care of after the fact? If I go out docking and I tear my Califaction bib, trying to thinking that I can cross the barbed wire fence, but I really don't, and it's not a manufacturer's defect, is there something that can be done? And what is the difference between a manufacturer defect and me just making a dumb decision in the field to where I rip my bib? Let's start with bibs or a hoodie. How, how could you explain the repair process or the warranty part of the banded, the banded warranty program on a product before we get into the waiters? Yeah, so with all of our products, there is a warranty varies depending on uh, on which product but if it is a if it's an issue related to manufacturer defect a buckle breaks a zipper falls off or something along those lines then we've sort of got a a no hassle straightforward approach to replacing that bag in its entirety and in doing so the customer can be assured that they're not going to have any issues with that kind of thing now waterfowl hunting is very hard on product obviously we all know that and if, you know, somebody is to, you know, tear up a product due to abuse or, you know, just running into a barbed wire fence, as you mentioned, we obviously feel bad for them, but we can't replace mistakes like that. Otherwise, we would have to raise margin and raise prices and do all those things. So it, we, we're cheating all of our customers by, you know, diving into kind of some of that. However, it's very firm that we stand behind the product due to manufacturing defect no matter what. Now, if you are to tear a, you know, bib or something on a barbed wire fence, like you mentioned, for example, there are ways to fix that through, we offer like no sew patches, which which are essentially kind of iron on and they can extend the life of the product. And there, there are different things that we can do to help with that. Those type of products, I think are a little unique compared to, and the, the waiter one is really the, to me, where you see the most debate on warranty policies and, and how it runs through. And, you know, this is nothing new since the inception of waiters, you know, being worn waterfowl hunting, waiters have leaked. It doesn't matter whose waiters it is, what waiter it is, old man water will find a way through at some point. So how we look at it is, you know, we, we offer on our red zones and our black labels, a two-year warranty free of manufacturer defect and a, and a three-year on the Aspires. And what that means for the customer is for two years from the date of purchase, um, those waiters are covered for manufacturer defects, seam leaks, you know, all that stuff. Outside of you doing a tango with a barbed wire fence, those are going to be covered. How we look at that is that one, that protects you in your investment. But two, you know, sometimes in my personal opinion, the lifetime warranty that's offered on some waiters is a little bit deceiving because it's essentially our lifetime repair program. And so when you take the waiter, for example, that we offer, we're not upcharging, we're not making you buy five waiters in the front end for the price of one markup so that we can cover a you know lifetime of warranties. So it's a, it's a different approach into it. And then also when it comes to repairing, 
you know, I've heard and I've heard horror stories of this of guys who've gone into these lifetime programs where let's say you've got a 60 day duck season and your your waiter fails and, and then you go through this process of sending it in, having it repaired and getting it back. Well, I mean, yeah, that's various time frame during a crucial limited 60 days of hunting season. And you may be out of product for a week and a half, two weeks at the absolute soonest. So if your waiter fails to manufacture defect from us, you send in an RMA, we test it quick, make sure it's good. And then you get a brand new pair of waiters sent out. There's no repair program. So, or you go to the retailer where you bought them. You don't have to even. Re- or you go to the retailer and do it directly if you've got one nearby. The repair program, and this is why I said it's a little bit deceiving, because if if it is deemed that your waiter needs to be repaired, that it's not a manufacturer defect, you can get Aquaseal. You can get, you know, we sell no-so patches. You can do that in your house in about five minutes and take the wait time right out of it. So that's why I think that though it doesn't sound as fancy, you know, with the lifetime warranty, it's really a lot of the same thing. It's just who's doing the repair and where they're doing it and the timeline of when you can get back to hunting. Um, I, I think that our warranty is the best warranty out there. It's the most practical. It's the most efficient. And people should feel comfortable with that and really kind of do some research on what a quote unquote lifetime warranty is um, and, and all of the nuances that come along with it. Wait a minute. <clears throat> you just said nuances for a lifetime warranty and to do research on it. Doesn't a lifetime warranty mean if I buy this pair of waders today and I'm 21 years old, I get free waders for the rest of my life or at least get them repaired for free for the rest of my life. So when I'm 65 and my feet are the same size, I these waders are going to be taken care of? Or do I have to show a birth certificate and do they get notified when I die so they can take me off the docket? How does a lifetime warranty work? Because when I look at them and I know how hard I hunt and I'm not saying I hunt the hardest, but I hunt pretty dang hard and I hunt a lot and my waders are in and out of boats. They're in and out of of stumps. They're walking in and out of pits when you're in different places of the country. My waiters go through abuse. So I can, I'm going to get a lifetime warranty and I can be rest assured that I never have to buy another pair of waiters as long as I'm alive. That's the funny part because in general, I think in general, lifetime warranty, it has nothing to do with your life, but it means the life of the product. And I don't think, I think everybody thinks what you think. And this is, I had a, a gun part. I won't say the company or whatever I had a lifetime warranty on this. It was a, an, an optic type situation on this rifle I had and it quit working. I sent it back in lifetime warranty. No, I'm sorry. The, essentially you're outside the lifetime of the product. Yeah. It's been a few years since I've taken business law, but lifetime warranty is not, and I don't want to say the number because I don't want to be wrong. But at the time it was seven years that was several years ago. I don't know what it is now. And how it changes, you know, in jurisdiction, I don't want to give legal advice, but it's not, it's not the lifetime of you, the person. Um, the other thing about them, about some of the lifetime warranty policies that I've seen is that they come with a repair program, which is essentially what they are, a serviceable warranty. And you're not free from charges within that even. There's a menu a la carte of different services that they'll provide for a fee to keep your waiters in use. Um, I don't think folks have really dove into, and, and mostly because they're new, right? We, we've not seen these things play out for a decade yet to see what happens 10 years down the road and how it might not be what it seems. Um, Christian Dawkins and you just pointed to the fact that 
I'm all confused because it's not that if I live until I'm 70, it's the life of the product. So does a manufacturer just have to change the name of the product and now that product's dead and that warranty doesn't work anymore? Is that kind of what you're saying? No, I'm just saying that. So I just Googled this while we're sitting there. What is a lifetime warranty? Three definitions of a lifetime warranty. And the number one, the lifetime warranty is valid for as long as you live. Most consumers think this first definition of a lifetime of a lifetime with a lifetime warranty. Your warranty may be valid as long as you live, whether you move, sell the product, or whatever else. However, if this lifetime warranty is true, it must be explicitly outlined in the contract. Number two is a lifetime warranty is valid as long as you own the product. And number three, the lifetime warranty is valid for the lifetime of a product. And it said this could be three years, it could be 30 years. With this type of lifetime warranty, they don't always explicitly say the lifetime of the product is blank. The warranty might just say for the lifetime of the product. So who knows? Hmm. It's very confusing. And you're also you're also predicating, like you said, Chad, that the you know at some point you're going to get enough patches and glue on this thing that it renders it unusable. Uh, the second thing is you're you're hoping that the company, you know, if it's a new company, for example, that might be out offering this, that they're going to be around in ten years, fifteen years. And and the other weird thing to me personally is like I see the the nastiness uh, that waiters get put into. And, you know, year after year after year, I don't really know that I want to wear the same pair of waders 10 years down the line, all, you know, with patches and glue all over it. It's just to me, it's it's a little bit deceiving. Um, and that's why, you know, we offer the warranty we do. It's straightforward. We're not upcharging you, making you pay five waders on the front end to fund, you know, finance the lifetime warranty as well. Okay, Christian. Well, to end this this warranty talk, how how long should my waders last? Are you going to ask me, well, how many days do you hunt a year? Well, I hunt 25 days a year. How long should a pair of waders last if I'm going to spend $600 on a pair of waders? And we, Bandit does offer entry level, introductory entry level pricing and, and levels of waders, just like any of their garments. But how long should they last when I buy them if I'm a duck hunter? Because we also have this weird thought process in our head that you spend that much money, it's supposed to last forever. Well, well, gosh, dang, a bag of dog food is 140 bucks now. And I know that that's different because it's consumable, but everything goes through a process where it's not going to last forever. Your boat cost you $27,000 now to get a duck boat package with a motor and everything. These are big time investments. Those boats go well, through hell. probably anywhere from 80 to a hundred, a, a duck, a duck call, a duck call that can come out of tune in five seconds will cost you 150 bucks. These waiters aren't even much more than a little tiny four, you know, three and a half, four inch custom duck call. How long, should they last christian tell me can i get 10 years out of a pair I mean, of waiters that, that, you, you said it i mean i i gotta ask you a bunch of questions how often do you hunt uh how do you take care of them i mean it's just i would say that if you take care of them they should last three to five years three to five seasons three to yeah. five seasons in the if, off if you take care of them and you store them right in the off season if you store them right which means what how do you store them? Is that what you're asking? Yeah, like, do I hang them on a rack, keep them away from mice? What do I do? You hang them on a rack, but you hang them not by the boot, by the shoulder strap, with the boot sitting on the ground. Huh. So a, mou- a mouse can't run up them? I, <laughs> I guess it can. <laughs> oh, it's, so it's to take the stress off the seams. There's zero stress on the seams because, I'm and, and I say hang the waiters, you're actually just putting the waiters on the wall so that 
they're they're just like you wear them. Boot is sitting on the ground, no stress on the seams, and it's not hanging. It's just holding them up, essentially. Makes total sense. In a climate control environment. So when you hang them, that's by, the only way. When you hang them by the boot, which a lot of people do in a mud room, so they dry out. Is that the wrong ideology to put stress on that seams, even for that short period in a mud room? Yes, yes, that's wrong. Wow, that is so. That's such good knowledge. This whole podcast was worth it just for that sentence, because ninety nine percent of mud rooms are hanged by the boots. Am I wrong? Yeah, I was going to show you my, how my waders are hanging right now, just like I said. So. When a manufacturer, including us in the past, has built a waiter hanger, why do they have boot slots in them then? That was the old way. Again, like I said, you learn stuff, right? Okay, so that was the neoprene was way the when there wasn't there wasn't stress on the seams. Now, yep. now with that boot rack, I hang, I hang the straps over the, oh. over where the boots used to go. This podcast is worth its weight in gold just for that little tidbit of information right there, because there's no stress on the seams, right? And here's how you know this. And you store them in it, that, hang them that way in a climate control environment. So inevitably, at the beginning of every year, you got a guy or two that'll, that'll say, man, first time out this year, my, my waiters leaked. Okay, well, then I, you ask the question, well, did they leak the last time? The last day of the season? No, they didn't leak, but they leaked the first day of this season. What happened between those two times? Stress on the seams. I mean, they were just, they were stored improper. I mean, it's the only possible thing. We see a lot of, um, you know, they roll them up, tuck them in a waiter bag. I've seen them in the bed of a truck rolling around with a spare tire, you know, rolling over the top of them, gasoline dumping all over them. You know, they have to be taken care of or they won't work. And the people that roll them up and put them in waiter bags and stuff to store them in the off season, that's nothing. Again, they think they're doing they're, they're They are taking care of them. And, you know, that's their plan. And they're, they're taking extra care. They clean them up. They roll them up and put them in that waiter bag. But that's just not the best way to do it. Well, I wish I would have known this. I guess it's a learning process, but and I'm not saying that I have it because on this trip to Canada, that's exactly how I had my tr- my waiters in my trailer was hanging from a hook from the straps with the boots on the ground. And I didn't even know I was doing it right. Now I know that I was doing it right. It makes total sense because when those heavy boots are up in the air, all of that gravity is pulling down on that system and that material and those seams are being stretched to their capability for an extended, a long extended period of time. Makes total Especially sense. Especially if it's not a climate controlled environment. So a climate controlled environment, I would be better off to store them in my house somewhere as opposed to a cold garage, which doesn't really get the, the temperature to the right spot to where the exterior temperature is really going to affect them as well. No, no, no. Yeah, uh, it's, it's the, it's the, the change heat. in temperature. It's the change. Yeah, it's the heat in the it's the heat in the summers and the humidity and stuff. What's keeping the water out on all waders is waterproof tape. So if you, if you think about you know, how tape the adhesion is affected by heating and cooling, heating and cooling, heating and cooling, that's what inevitably will, you know, allow a little tiny pocket to develop or crease or bubble. And from that point, once the water finds its way through, you know, it it's going to get in. I love it. I freaking love it. So in today's age where I want to target an audience, I can literally just go, all right, every duck hunter, every duck hunter in America, 
um, that has an account on Instagram that mentions duck hunting, I can car- target that in my social media ads. You know, back in the day, you put a magazine together and you'd put an ad in Wildfowl and most likely a duck hunter is going to see it. You run a radio ad. You don't really know who's listening to those ads in different demographics or regions across the country. Now you can be more solidified and specified in your approach. With all the competition in this arena, which they keep popping up, let's talk about the authenticity of this brand, the innovation of this brand, and how it's so easy to become a Me Too company. And there's a lot of Me Too companies in this space right now. I don't like it. It it bugs me because we do take so much pride in what we started in 2010 right here. What does it do to you internally, Christian? And I'll let Doc and go second on this. What do we tell people? How authentic are we? How innovative are we as a banded brand? How ahead of the curve are we? Why are we even having to deal with people that do it for the wrong reasons, that don't do it with the right emphasis or the right wherewithal or the right know-how, the right forecasting, the correct materials, the correct fabrics the correct technology why is it why is it okay just to say we want to do what that person does and you can when you manufacture you really can how does it sit internally with you what's going on in this duck goose hunting space and apparel waders specifically christian you could even say decoys i mean greenhead gears at the top of the mark again after an unbelievable comeback we are back nothing can touch it even the silhouettes, when people have specifically tried to go after that market, you can't touch it. MC Hammer, how does it affect you internally, Christian? Like, does it affect you? How does it make you think? What do you what 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 goes through your mind as somebody that takes so much pride in this product that you've designed for the last over a decade now? Of course, it bothers you. If it didn't bother you, you shouldn't do it. Um, I don't know, man. It, it, there's so many. Like you said, it's been 13 years, right? So. Let's say people that are 25 and under, which is a big, a big lot of the hunters, right? They probably don't even know. And I've thought about this a lot that we were the first one to make the insulated breathable waiter. We were the first one. We brought that to market. And now everybody has it. Everybody's copied it. Everybody has it now. And, but we were the first. And, and I'm sure a lot of people don't even know that. Man, in the day of social media, it's just, I, I don't know. It bothers me, yeah, and, and I don't know how to explain it. Docking better to articulate well, you, this sort of but, stuff. But. but you're pretty good at letting things roll off your back. You say you're pretty transparent. You're very transparent. You say it how it is. If there's an issue in a meeting, I, I've, I've – I can tell you that I got, off of, I got off of social – it put me completely off of social media. To where you don't even sneak back on? You don't even sneak back on on somebody's account? No. Is your life better because of that? A million times better. Damn it, I'm envious. I wish I could do that. I'll never forget, y'all know Luke Hochaver, when he told me, man, when he got out of baseball, he got a flip phone and talked about how much better his life was since he, since he got a flip phone. I, I get it. But, yeah, I, I'm not on social media just because, man, it's just so much bull, so much bull crap, and a lot of it about what we're talking about. Well, I'm trying to do a better job of not, quote, unquote, trolling. I don't do it. I tell people not to do it, but – It's like you got to be on there because we just spent the first part of this conversation talking about 
the rusty creases. Well, where's he going to put that stuff, right? Where's it going to go? I know it's necessary, and I'm just glad that we got docking, and he does that, not me. That's why he doesn't have any gray hair. He says he doesn't know gray hair, and he's even been accused this morning of uh, just fermenting it, just fermenting it, docking. <laughs> it looks good. He's got no gray hair um, as far as this camera can see. Where does that leave us right now? Let's end this conversation. It's 2023-24 season. What is the overall outlook right now, Dawkins and Christian at retail? What's going on at retail with a potential, again, recession? <clears throat> Are duck cutters going to spend money no matter what? Will we feel the hit with what's going on with fuel prices being where they're at? Um, with groceries being where they're at. Hunters are going to go get their own groceries, obviously. What's going on in the preliminary early stages of this season? Christian, you were at Max for Fall Fest. You were there last month for another sale. Wings Over the Prairie is going to come up around Thanksgiving. There's great, there's so many great dealers of Bandit across the country. Simmons and Final Flight and Paducah Shooter, Max Prairie Wings. I, I, I can go on and on. Hundreds and hundreds of independent dealers that were so happy and so proud to be part of their families where are we at in the preliminary stages right now with what you two are seeing sales anticipation is it going to be a good year where's bandit and avery and greenhead gear at right now i won't forget your question chad i'll answer but i I did want to get a chance to talk about the previous topic you were mentioned with christian and you know how we sort of handle and think about the um no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I should. And, I, I should have given you a chance. Like I'm sorry. Yeah, the the competition and 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 what you see right now. Talk to me about that, Doc. I'm sorry. It's it's okay. It's okay. Don't let it happen again. <laughs> um, the the uh, I think one thing and, and Christian thinks like this too. It can bother you if you let it. However, when we release a, a, a new year product, like for, for example, this year, Fall 24, we, we've released our new product. It's the the work has already gone into it. It's been developed. We've We've figured out what we can make better and we've done it. And, you know, outside of, of making, you know, folks aware that we have it, the, the mindset is what's next. We're looking for the next win. We're looking for the next development. We're looking for the next thing. So I try to stay uh, in that lane and not worry as much about um, the folks that are trying to, to, you know, play catch up from behind, you know, keep my eye out of the rearview mirror, so to speak. So I think it's important to, look ahead and, and figure out what's next. And we take that approach through all of our products. Yeah. I mean, and what Christian said with the waiters and the age group, it's a big deal. It's a really big deal of, of telling that story because a lot of people that are coming into their own money now and the younger generation of hunters don't even know the facts and they have to, we have to educate them. And that's what yeah. this podcast is for. And we do want the story out there because it it, it is a big deal that, that we're not, in that rearview mirror of anybody. And I mean that we are not in that rearview mirror of anybody. We're in the windshield period of all of them. But it's important not because it happened, but it's important because it's the nucleus of how we develop in the future. So it would be one thing for us to hang our hat on and say, you know, we developed it first and, you know, that was 10 years ago, 12 years ago. And that's all we've done since then. But that that's not how we operate and that's not how we focus on things. It's how can we evolve this? How can we continue to make it better? And so as with anything, it's with the evolution of innovation that we stay relevant. And that's what I think our focus is on. And as long as we do that, I think it shines true to folks who, you know, experience the product and experience other products. You know, Avery's kind of got that uh, first and forever approach 
and Bandit is kind of starting to get that legacy approach as well, where, you know, sure, there's a lot of options people can get out and try, but what we notice is they always kind of tend to come back to Old Faithful, and, that, and that's where we are, producing functional product at an, at an affordable price for the consumer. Because it's what we would use, it's it's how we would want to um, shop the gear, and so I think that's that's why that's important. Not because we did it first, but because we're doing everything first. We're going to do the next thing first. We're going to you know like the aerogel inserts, like the event fabric, like the whatever innovation it is across our wider range of SKUs. It's constant evolution, constant getting better. We'll we'll not stop that. It's a great point. I love that you ended this conversation on not hanging our hat on what we have done and what we've been proven we've done, but that we continue to do it and be first to market with legitimate claims of innovation through technology, through fabrics. Um, It just keeps getting better. It just, the line, I remember the first knee boot. It was kind of a BMX motocross shell Uh, You guys remember it. I still have them. (laughs) I still have them. They were heavy. They were clunky, but it was the start. And now they've been mastered. And I bet that they even get better from here. Just like the waiter does, just like our jackets and shells and hoodies and everything. It's unbelievable. I want to keep telling the story. That's why we have the bandit hour. Christian, are you excited for the season? I know no cameras are allowed. Did you have another thought? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah. I was just, did docking just, are you drinking a white claw? (laughs) <laughs> no, it's, it's Celsius. Celsius. No, no, no alcohol for me. Look at a white claw. There, you can pick up a new sponsor, Chad. I want those guys bad. I saw that they signed Jake Paul. Would I have to fight Jake Paul to get a Celsius sponsorship? And what would happen, Doc? And I'd probably pick you to fight Jake Paul just because of that wrestling background where you would fake a left hook and then do a high crotch, maybe a single leg takedown, Saturday night ride into a chicken wing, stick him. I mean, you got to have a wrestling background like Doc and does. I don't know. Maybe I can get a Celsius sponsorship by calling out Jake Paul. Christian, where do we go from here? What's what's coming up? Are you excited? I know no cameras on the hunt, but man, what a great time of year it is right now. I know it's probably 95 degrees still to where you live, but it's it felt so good to wake up to 25 degree mornings Fahrenheit in Canada. Um, how do you how are you feeling, yeah, Christian? Are you excited for this season? I'm excited. We get- I'm excited. We're loaded with specs. It's like crazy. I don't know what the deal is, but it's nuts how many specs are here right now. It's because there's a lot of them, and I, I test. There are. It's crazy. Uh, no, I, I'm excited. It's, it's always exciting this time of year. Just uh, ready to get going. Doc, can you feel the same? Are you going to get in the woods, Doc? I've invited you on two trips already, and you've ghosted me on both, so I don't know what it takes. Right. Well, somebody has to get some work done. I agree. Um, so I'll, I will, I'll join you. I promise. Uh, yeah, I'm excited. It, it, the weather's, the weather's starting to kind of feel like fall here in Arkansas. We got some cold weather at the end of the week. You know, it's, it's kind of starting to be good. And in terms of, um, the outlook for the retail space that you asked, I think it, things are looking great. I mean, we're the strongest we've ever been. We're bringing more folks into the brand offering, you know, new experiences for the existing customers. So I think that you know, everything's strong uh, and thanks to the, the folks that are doing it, but they're, they're buying lots of product from us. Um, and matter of fact, little uh, breaking news here, we're going to do a bunch of um, sort of giving thanks type giveaways through the month of November on the Bandit channels. So stay tuned for that. Um, it's just kind of our way of, of giving back to the loyal followers and the people that support us. There'll be 
tons of opportunities to win new uh, new product, uh, new experiences. We're doing we're going to launch a pretty big gear haul giveaway with a with a tra- with a wrap trailer full of uh, field supply, field hunting supplies, decoys, and gear. We're going to um, we're going to be doing some photo contests. We're, we're also just going to be doing some some lucky draw stuff. So there's going to be a lot a lot of uh, a lot of cool stuff coming for everyone to take part in really starting in november i absolutely love it josh dock and director of marketing for banded brands christian curtis vp of product development for banded brands banded brands includes avery sporting dog avery outdoors greenhead gear decoys and all of the apparel and product that falls under the b the banded the umbrella we're proud of it hope you all are enjoying the banded hour this one went over an hour we apologize for fibbing to you but one thing that we don't do when it comes to banded is fib to you about our quality our innovation our story our warranty our repair program get to know the brand reintroduce yourself to it if it got away from you but we truly do appreciate the support the continuous support by our end consumers and all of our customers that love what they get when they put that bee on their chest that bee on their hat that bee on their waders we have them for the kids the boys the girls the women man of all sizes stature we try to think outside the box we try to continuously be innovative in our approach and our strategy and if it wasn't for guys like Dawkins and christian curtis we wouldn't be where we're at they are the forefront of it. This is going to be a glorious 2023-24 duck and goose season in North America. It was in Canada. It's the best time of the year. Be safe and make sure that you have a great Thanksgiving and Christmas. We'll be back with you with another episode of the Bandit Hour soon. For Christian Curtis, Josh Dawkins, thank you all very much for being here. Peace. Advanced engineering, technology, and expertise are true American staples, only found in banded gear. A lot of the hunters, right? They probably don't even know that we were the first one to make the inside breathable waiter. We were the first one. We brought that to market. It's with the evolution of innovation that we stay relevant. It's a great point. I love that you ended this conversation on not hanging our hat on what we have done and what we've been proven we've done, but that we continue to do it. Banded works as hard as you play and helps you find your perfect fit to achieve maximum performance. Log on to Bandit.com and see the difference for yourself. Chad Belding, Josh Dockin, and Christian Curtis will wrap the Bandit Hour when we return. Don't go anywhere. Keep talking. That's our slogan at Jargon Game Calls. The new Mega Four single read duck call with our extensive research of the gut system, the design in the Mega Four. It's different. It hits harder. It operates differently than any duck call in the market. We've heard it from everybody. They could be blown a competitor's call for years, and there's so many great duck and goose calls out there. And when they pick up the Mega Four, they're like, holy smokes, the best duck call I've ever operated you don't really blow a duck call or a goose call you operate it it's an air system we can go into that but you can find instructional videos at jargongamecalls.com on our youtube on episodes of benelli's the foul life on the outdoor channel duck calling and goose calling is an art as well as turkey calling and our entire turkey call line is available at jargongamecalls.com but the mega four and then you get into short read goose calls the wrecking ball and the crazy train listen to the difference in sound the ease of use the quality of acrylic the turning of it the design the engraving a lot of research has gone into these designs. My partner Chris, myself, our entire crew at Jargon, located in Northeast Arkansas, right in the heart of Mallard Duck Country. They're designed in America and they're built by craftsmen, dreamers, duck hunters, waterfowl lovers, duck camp goers. We absolutely love this lifestyle and our entire line of J-Frame single read duck calls, our double read, the icebreaker, you're going to love them all. 
people are going nuts about the sounds and the results they're getting from Jargon Game Calls, both our duck, goose, and turkey calls. More to come. Visit us at JargonGameCalls.com and get you a Mega 4 for this season, a live duck, a paradox, so many great duck calls to choose from. And don't forget that crazy train and wrecking ball short read style Canada goose calls. We just hammered them in upstate New York with them on our lanyards. The geese truly respond to them. I'm Chad Belding with the Foul Life Television. Thank you for supporting Jargon Game Calls. When it comes to setting up the perfect spread, there's one crucial element, motion. Ducks have sharp eyes and static decoys won't fool them for long. That's where motion decoys step in, bringing your spread to life and creating an irresistible scene. So why are motion decoys so important? Ducks are social creatures and they see cues that signal safety for landing. By adding motion to your spread, you're telling passing flocks that it's all clear and inviting them to join the party. Mojo's spinning wing decoys emulate the flash of duck wings from afar to draw them in and finish them like magic. Mojo's decoys are specifically designed to catch ducks' attention and Mojo's motion decoys shine on those calmer low wind days when natural water movement is lacking. So if you're serious about bringing ducks to your blind, embrace the power of motion decoys with Mojo and head for MojoOutdoors.com today. Cuts like a knife. I think that was Brian Adams. Stay sharp. Sharp Dressed Man, that was Billy Gibbons and ZZ Top. Kershaw. Knives. They are all about staying sharp, staying safe. Getting that meat off the bone, getting those breasts off that breastplate of those Canada geese. Those specks with skin on, pluck a few feathers off, and then cut it out. Let the knife guide you. A little bit of pressure with your offhand, just slicing through it. A sharp knife is everything. There's so much more danger that comes with using a dull knife and not staying sharp. Kershaw supports the American hunter, the American fisher, the conservationist, the gatherer, the provider. Our recipes, every single one of our kitchen knives, hunting knives, fishing fillet knives are all Kershaw. We truly believe in the culture of Kershaw Knives and their messaging and they support brands like the Foul Life Podcast and the Foul Life TV. See them in action right now on brand new episodes of Benelli's The Foul Life airing right now exclusively on the Outdoor Channel. We try to show the knives in action every week on different episodes when we're taking that meat, that bounty of those ducks and geese from the field to the processing, to the Traeger, to the table eating that bounty, high-fiving maybe a little bit of Jack Daniels or red wine or a Bushlight beer. It doesn't matter. Stay safe out there and Enjoy it in moderation, but don't be afraid to celebrate the hunt. And also, always having a Kershaw knife in your blind bag and being ready for anything that might come, whether you got to cut some grass or cut some parachute cord or cut some salami in the blind. They make saws, they make fillets, they make folding knives, straight blade knives, pocket knives. Every single blade that comes out of the Kershaw factory is guaranteed to be the sharpest. It's an unbelievable experience. Thank you, Kershaw. Thank you, Dominic. There are family of knives right at Kershaw, the official knife and blade of the Foul Life Podcast and the Foul Life TV. Thank you all for supporting Kershaw Knives. Well, that does it for today's broadcast of Bandit Brands Presents The Bandit Hour with Chad Belding, Josh Dockin, and Christian Curtis. I think it's going to be a heck of a season. To educate and elevate your next hunting experience, visit Bandit.com and follow them on your socials. And be sure to catch every episode of Bandit Brands Presents The Bandit Hour by streaming The Foul Life on SoundCloud, iHeart, Spotify, and thefowllife.com or on your favorite streaming platforms. Thanks for listening. Become Bandit.